Welcome to the Dark Horse Paranormal Podcast. I am your host and tour guide, Chris Carr. And in this very first episode, I've got an interview with Jack Kenna and Ellen McNeil of the paranormal team Spirits of New England. You may also know them from shows like Haunted Case Files, Paranormal Survivor, Haunted Hospitals, My Worst Nightmare. I also have a book review for you guys a little later. It's um, from the man from KISS, Paul Stanley. His autobiography called Face the Music, A Life Exposed. And we'll take a look at that. And I'll tell you guys what I've been up to. I've had some uh, paranormal events going on. And I want to share maybe an EVP or a little spirit box session. Maybe both. Um, We'll do that a little later. Uh, Jack and Ellen were investigating just outside of uh, Gettysburg, Pennsylvania when I interviewed them at the Lookout House which uh, sounds great. So I decided we'd do a little Gettysburg thing tonight. So put on your seatbelt. Here we go. Let's get this mother rolling. July 1st, 1863. For three long blood-soaked days, America would fight our most costly battle ever to take place on home soil. Robert E. Lee's Army of Northern Virginia was attempting to move north and was met by the forces of Major General George Meade's Army of the Potomac, This leads to approximately 160,000 soldiers descending down on a small town of about 2,400, a town known as Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. The nickname Old Sawbones was one of many unflattering names given to the army doctors of Civil War camps by the unfortunate soldiers struck down by wounds or illnesses. The most common medical response to a bullet wound in an arm or a leg was amputation, wounds that by more modern standards would seem minor. During the Civil War era, surgeons had no knowledge of the science of antibiotics or the way communicable diseases spread. Unsanitary working conditions and dirty surgical tools led to countless easily preventable deaths. To make things even worse, doctors often distributed healing mixtures to soldiers that were heavy in lead, mercury, and other poisonous materials that could speed death along rather than ward it off. More limbs were removed during the Civil War era than any other point in American history. Improvements in ammunition saw to this. The mini-ball used with Springfield and Enfield musket rifles at the time were far more accurate and had a longer range than musket balls of previous wars. They were grooved and tended to carry the bacteria that causes gangrene. The soft lead would expand on impact and shatter bones so badly the bone fragments would often sever major arteries, mangling their victim's limbs, and any injury to the torso or head most often resulted in death. Old sawbones indeed. There were more than 50,000 casualties in Gettysburg alone. The unlucky soldiers were either killed, wounded, or maimed, or just simply went missing. Coming up next is the interview with Jack Kenna and Ellen McNeil. Stay with it. Uh, The audio quality is a little shaky, especially at the beginning, but it gets better as it goes along. Uh, Some really good information, and uh, when that's done, I'll come back and uh, discuss some of the points of that. Um, Here we go. So you guys got in last night. You were telling me you you had some uh, paranormal adventure already. Yeah, we uh, you know we got invited by our friends uh, Steve and Pamela Berry to come down and uh, investigate their, their new uh, uh, bed and breakfast uh, forum here. It's they call the Outlook Bed and Breakfast. 
uh, or the Apple Cow's bed and breakfast uh, in Aspers, Pennsylvania. So <clears throat> came down last night. I'd never been here before. They gave us a bunch of background information on it. And uh, this is in an area where uh, during the, the Battle of Gettysburg, the Confederates uh, uh, came through this area and came, came through the house, um, you know, took stuff. They were here for a while, whatever. And uh, there was some deaths in the house. So there's what two, two, five kids that died because this was a, uh, um, it was well, it was family. Right? So, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, with five kids in the most of the families, the families. I forget. But anyway, so there's five kids that died. Uh, stillborn. Two died uh, from. Well, they weren't. Wasn't identified. It was two boys. They were aged like. Two or yeah, something like that. Like two days. Yeah, two days with each other. They 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 passed away. There's no uh, identification of the death. Uh, the <clears throat> Stephen Pam have all the records from the historical society on the building. It's been here for at least uh, months. Yeah, something like that. Um, or before that. Um, so so anyways, we get in last night. They, Tell us, oh, there's a lot of activity, a lot of stuff goes on, bangings, this, you know, footsteps. They've done a little bit of investigating on their own, so they're investigators themselves, uh, but now they live here. So, so you know. Um, and they told us, you know, there's activity in the attic and, you know, on, well, throughout their whole house, really. So they sit down in the basement, they press to an area, we said, so that, I'll take it. So we just got in last night, so uh, myself and one of our team. Members Carly Hall decided to investigate. Uh, Ellen Beck, uh, it, yeah, pretty much unconscious. Yeah, even we didn't last too long. So Carly and I decided to hit the basement. Um, and it was around what, what time we had down? About 10 or 10 So yeah, we were down there, I think, till about 12 31 o'clock. And we were in the back area where they told us they see shadow figures and people get touched and all that. And, um, I sent her upstairs to, to get some batteries for me because I had forgotten them. And, and out of this one back room, which I kind of felt like there was something in it, I see this shadow figure come out of the doorway into the room I'm in. And I'm like, did I really see that? Just this, you know, one of those deals, right? You're, you're double guessing yourself. But, uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. So, but then she came back down and we sat out and she starts seeing shadow figures. And we're using this SB7 spirit box. We're getting names come through. We're getting answers to questions come through. I asked how many are here, and they said 10. And the minute I started turning that device on, we tried just a K2 before that, not really getting anything. It was cold in the basement, but the minute I started communication with SB7, it got real cold. I mean, real cold. You could feel us around, you know, like 10, 15 degrees cold. Mm-hmm. They were on Probably that. Yeah, they were like on that thing like white on rice. So, <laughs> you know, and we had a lot of communication and stuff. And then uh, I forget what we started asking. We started asking something. Uh, they really liked Carly, number one. Uh, Do you like Carly? She's a younger girl. And I said, Do you like it? Yeah, and they, yeah, yeah, we like Carly. You want to talk to her more than me? Yeah, we want to talk to Carly. You know? So we let that happen. And, uh, and then I, sh- oh, I know what it was. I said, well, we're going to switch to something else. And I shut the SB7 spirit box off. Everything went dead. It's like they walked away. You know, like, oh, we don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so we called it a quits for the night. 
and came back upstairs. And we down there for maybe two and a half hours or something. So we come back upstairs and uh, stayed in the Americana room. <clears throat> and uh, I was told there's footsteps. I hear footsteps up here in this room and stuff like that. So I'm laying there, and sure enough, I hear somebody walking in the room. Nobody here, you know. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. And then I hear right above me is the attic. So I hear certain footsteps in the attic, like pacing back and forth, shuffling around, some things being moved. So I'm like, holy cow. All right. Nothing scary or anything like that. It's interesting. So I kind of ignore it. I, you know, I get to sleep. I did leave uh, one camera running in the room, facing towards, because in my room, there's a door that goes up to the attic. All right, because that's how you get to the attic, through the door of this room. <coughs> and uh, so I head upstairs, or I, I mean, I'm thinking about that. I got the door, the camera facing the door up for upstairs. And about two hours after all that experience, things quiet down. But two hours later, I hear somebody stomping across the floor in the attic, come down the stairway towards my room, I hear the door to the attic open and close and somebody walk through the room towards the door to go out. And I'm looking and like, nobody there. <laughs> it was loud. But the, <laughs> and, it, and the interesting thing is, like, in this one room there's carpeting, but it sounded like boots on a hardwood floor. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't yeah. seem surprising in any area you're in. Yeah, which, you know, could have been so like a soldier, Confederate, you know, whatever, or just the or original owner, because back then they, you know, wore the boots with the, the wood heels and stuff. Um, sure. So that was uh, kind of mine and Carly's experience. And then Ellen, she's sleeping downstairs on the couch. I don't know. She's crashed there. And, anyways, off from her is a dining room. So tell them, Ellen, what you experienced like. Well, I wasn't into a very heavy sleep at all, and I heard a chair, you know, when you stand up and you back you back the chair up so you can stand up and walk away, and sure. I, heard, I heard the chair, and I went, oh, okay, I guess I missed somebody coming down here, um, you know, see who comes out so we can sit and chat for a while, and we sat there, and I sat there, and I got up and I nobody's there. Walked in. <laughs> nobody's there. Okay. I you know you know when you hear a chair move. Right. You know. Sure. Uh, sure. And there's nobody down here but me. So <laughs> I said, All right, so okay. And there's chairs around that table yeah, and it's so on the know, floor. It's a big dining room. <laughs> table. Tell what we find out the next day. Yeah, so um, you know, we had breakfast this morning and I was in that room. In that room, and I was uh, telling Pam and Steve about uh, what happened, and I said, you know, I said it's just like when you stand up and you back the chair up so you can walk away from the table. And so I went to demonstrate it. Nothing happens. No. There is nothing because, because, yeah, because all the furniture has pads on the bottom. So none oh, wow. of the... None of the chairs had uh, a wooden base to them. They all had those little um, felt uh, pads on them. 
And I said, well, that, there goes that theory. <laughs> and yeah, so, we would check the other rooms on each side. Yeah, because I, like, I checked. The other chairs are on carpets. I checked every chair, and every single one of them had those little felt pads on the yeah. bottom. And wow, that's so strange. That's, that's yeah, kind of like a residual haunting kind of thing. Yeah. I, for a chair there movie. are three rooms yeah. that are you can walk right into each other. They flow together. And there wasn't another chair that was on wood. The rest of them were all on carpeting. And I said, I know. You know, you, you get up from your kitchen table, you hear you. Yeah the legs of the chair move and I don't know what that was that I heard I know what I thought it was and I said what (laughs) okay that throws you know that theory out the window because I I just naturally assumed that it was um just somebody in the chair end of discussion no that's so cool yeah, you know, yeah. We're, you, we're you guys are getting ready to uh, go out tonight, right? You are know, same building, and we're in there. We're yeah. we're in the Americana room right now, talking to you. So yeah, kind of neat. So actually, nice. just, before, just before you called back, I did hear some walking again up in the attic. Um, so that was interesting. Yeah, that's so, a huge attic. It's too. a big. Yes, yeah, as big as a house. So, um, I'm gonna actually set up some equipment up there tonight. Uh, the camera from. I've got some. Uh, uh, shadow detectors are going to set up, especially down the basement. Uh, I've got four of those, so I'll set those up in different places. And there's actually another little schoolhouse that's just in the back of the building here that we're going to check that out too. Yeah, um, they, they said that used to be a little telegraph office when the railroad still right, ran. Right. It's like a little schoolhouse. Yeah, it's really cute, but it was a little office. Or the uh, railroad station that was right next to the uh, house here. The railroad. Yeah. Yeah. So it's an interesting building, interesting place. This is the first time we've been here. Um, We're looking forward to tonight. It's beautiful. It's just. Yeah. We're all all kind of excited. A lot of love went into this building. It's a beautiful building, too. Yeah. It's a beautiful uh, red breakfast, for sure. Just so I, I catch it for. For our listeners, what is the name of the building again? I, I know you mentioned it earlier, but I may edit. Yeah. Our sound quality kind of went a little crazy. Sure, sure. It's the Lookout House Bed and Breakfast in Aspers, Pennsylvania. It's just up the, 20 minutes outside of Gettysburg. Wow. Yeah, it's very close. It's, yep. it's beautiful. And the Confederates did come through right here, going towards Gettysburg. They know they were in this house for a period of time. Oh, and she said that they went up in the attic and went all the way up to the top right. and messed up all the applesauce that yes. they had made because there are orchards everywhere right. around so, here. And they just ransacked. Yeah, they took all the apples and then they destroyed the applesauce yeah. and stuff, like sticking their hands and stuff in it. And, uh, you know, contaminating right. it. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, so that's what they did. But they took all the apples, you know, because those were Ooh, and the tannery, uh, what was the story about oh, the tannery? Oh, tannery, crust? same thing. The tannery, they went in, they took all the uh, the, 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 leather. Tan, the leather goods out of it and everything else. They grabbed everything they could. Yeah, you know, they were just scavenging everything as they were coming yeah. through. This was right across the street from the bed and breakfast. Yeah, literally right across the street. Yeah, yeah. so there's a lot of history. Yeah, it sounds like it. it sounds really Yeah, it's right on that whole vein, so. Are you guys working your way to Gettysburg, or was this the place that you intended in 
uh, investigate. No, this is the place we intended to uh, investigate. They, they asked us to come down specifically check it out for them. Um, yeah, I, I've known uh, Pam and Steve for a couple of years now. Uh, they have an event they hold every year in Gettysburg called the Battlefield Bash, Gettysburg Battlefield Bash. And I did that, you know, I, I missed the first year. I did it with them last year, and now we're coming into the third year. It's a great, great event. It's to raise money for the wounded warriors here in Pennsylvania. And That's it's awesome. also, yeah, it also raises money for uh, uh, kids with cancer. Yeah, um, it's dedicated to one young boy that right, passed away. Right. Right. In his memory. Yep. Yep. So they did that. So yeah, it was a great, great event last year, and, and they hold it at the Wyndham down here, the Wyndham Hotel down here, um, which is a great venue for it. It's perfect. It's big. Get a lot. They get a lot of people coming through. Uh, they raise a lot of money. Um, good, it, good. It's good. an awesome. It's an awesome yeah, event. It really is an awesome event. They're doing it for the right reasons, you know. So sure, a lot sure. of us volunteer our time. We come down. Um, they don't. You know, they don't pay us anything to do it. You know, we just give our time and, uh. They give us apples. They give us apples. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. No applesauce in this Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, uh, it's, yeah, it's a really good event. I really enjoy it. Very well known vendors and teams and. Yeah, Scott Porter was down there last year with it too and, uh. Tennessee Wraith Chasers. And, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, sure. Uh, Mike, uh, um, Gonzalez. No, no, Mike, uh, from, uh, uh Ghost. we call him Chief Mike from Ghost of the Shepherd's Town. Um, he was at it last year, so he had a bunch of those people. Actually, there's quite a few people from Ghost of Shepherd's Town last year. Um, it sounds like a lot of fun. It is, it really is. And like I said, it's a, it's a great cause, it's a good event. Um, I'm just throwing it out there because I, I go to it too, and, and it's a blast. But, but you didn't really, call us to talk about that stuff. You called to talk to us about paranormal investigating and all that. Well, so. sure, no. Um, you like know, Gettysburg is, is very interesting to me, and uh, I, I decided to make that kind of a theme, uh, you know, seeing as you guys were there. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's awesome. You know, I haven't been myself yet. I, I've been wanting to go forever. It's kind of yeah. like a mecca, a paranormal mecca. <laughs> oh, yeah. One, one yeah. of a handful. Um, yep. So, yeah, I hope we get there this year. So, I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is my first time really investigating any place down here. Uh, I've been down several times to the battlefield and stuff, which is just an interesting, um, an interesting just trip in itself. Because you go on there, people experience stuff all, you know, daylight, you know, down there. Um, I picked up on a lot of stuff very good for your first even well even now I go back. Like if you're on the Confederate side, the time I first went down, first came down and I was it was like this time of year and I forget what I was down this way for. But anyways, I decided to drive through the battlefield and I end up on the, the Confederate side and I get out, park and I walk down to where um, they were at the edge of Woodline for Pickett's charge. And you know, uh, looking across the, at the edge of the woods, looking across that field, and suddenly it hits you what they thought or what their feelings were. It just, just overwhelms you. You're looking across and you can see those. You can actually see still, you know, they got some government placements up on the on the high ground there, up on the round top, little round top. And you can see them from there. So you think about these guys looking across that field going, I got to cross that field. I'm going to make it across that field. 
you know? And, right. and you start sensing what they sensed. And it was, it was a bit of sadness, but it was also a thing of duty, you know, and, and you're going to do it somehow. You're, you're going to make it work, you know, and you, 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 it's going to, it's going to happen. But at the same time, you go, I'm not going to make it. You know, you're not going to make it across that piece. And I actually started to cry, you know, because it's like, these guys were dedicated. They believed their generals. They, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna go do it, you know. And the numbers they, are, are yeah. amazing. The, the amounts of casualties, you know, yeah. um, fifty thousand casualties plus in, in yeah. Gettysburg yeah. alone. Yeah, you know, yeah. Sixty thousand soldiers flooding into a town of twenty-four hundred people. Like, That's well, right. What That's could right. it have been like? It's not a huge town. No, it's not a huge town. You know? And. And yeah, even you drive through the town, all the, the buildings that were here then are still pretty much, I mean, it's mostly all the original buildings. You know, they're all marked, what they are and who live there and everything else. So it's, a, it's a very interesting place. Even though some of the shops used to be the old shops, you know, and or they used to be somebody's home and um, converted to a shop now. So it's all still here. You know, it hasn't changed really that much. Right. Some new hotels and things like that, and the outskirts, but the, the main town really hasn't changed very much at all. Walmart. There's a Walmart. Walmart. Yeah. 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 There's a Walmart. There's <laughs> a Walmart everywhere. Damn Walmart, you know. Yeah, well, that's we're too bad. About that. no. After the battle, they had to go to Walmart to get their Can you tell us that that particular Walmart was built on a. Yeah, yeah. Pam, actually, Pam and Steve told us that. Um, the hospital? Yeah, yes. It was a Confederate, the grounds for the Confederate hospital. The Walmart was built on the grounds of the Confederate hospital. Oh, my God. Now, obviously, it's a temporary hospital, right? So, or they had yeah. taken over a building or something. Sure. Uh, the yeah, they all were. That location for their, their field hospital. So, it's built on top of where all that trauma took place. You know, sure. Out. Imagine the... Uh... The trauma, yeah, the body parts, like, the, uh, the Walmart, yeah, 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 yeah. There's, there's a lot there's of things like, there. That Walmart has activity in it. So, Especially in sporting goods. <laughs> 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 yeah, but they say there's stuff that goes out. But you, you know, we were in there and I didn't really think about it, so I, I didn't try to deal with anything going on. Um, but uh, yeah. You, you gotta get down here someday. Oh, yeah. This year, I'm I'm planning on it. Yeah. Um, what amazing. would you bring to uh, like an outdoor investigation? Say you were um, you, like the Devil's yeah. Den. You wanted. Well, to, you're not really supposed to bring equipment in there. Um, not without special permission. They don't want you doing that stuff. Okay. So what I suggest to people, if you want to try to get away with something. Put some apps on your cell phone. Bring your cell phone. Your cell phone has a digital recorder, right? Actually, they're pretty high end these days. They're all high depth, you know. So you can use your phone to record audio, you know, do an EVP session. Um, nobody's gonna say nothing. You got a camera on it. You got a video camera on it. Um, uh, but some of the apps I use a couple apps uh, that can actually work, right? Um, sure, sure. Actually, I know you've taken a lot of flack for using uh, Ghost Radar before. As yeah, and I don't care because I know what I've done with it for seven years. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I have a theory about that. I, I do. And yeah, I, I think yeah, all, yeah. all the well, you can even download all these yeah. things, they're, they have more to do with the people using them than the app itself. You know? Well, I, I, I mean, I, I tell people 
apps. Um, you can use anything to communicate, right? The apps, there's a, there's a way to use them. Um, I talked to the, the guys who designed a lot of them. Actually, the one guy who designed Ghost Radar, his name's Jack, too. I got to talk to him. And uh, you have to have the phone in airplane. Has to, otherwise, you're going to get false signals. You, know? you have to let it warm up. Once he goes, the way the, the, the actual um, uh, application works, the way the uh, program runs, is a warm-up period, 10 minutes, right? up to 10 minutes, where it runs through a test cycle. Okay, and you'll see stuff come up as keyboards go up. Keyboards go up. He goes, you wait for that to cycle through, and it'll go quiet, which it does. After like, and it depends. It's five, ten minutes. You'll see that app go quiet, nothing coming through, right? Just dead, right? And then you start asking your questions. You start talking about something. Watch for any activity. And I always tell people, you know, it, it doesn't just because something may be happening doesn't mean you're talking to a ghost at that point or spirit. Take it with a grain of salt, right? Um, but pay attention to it because what happens is if you seem to be getting responses like with the blips that come on the ghost radar, you dip this color blips. But sometimes what we'll do is say, give me two blips, three S's, one for now, right? And you'll start to get that. And you'll ask the question, you'll ask it again. You'll get a consistently response to it. We just had that happen last night. Charlie and I down the basement like that. Yeah. So it, it's all how you use it. Pay attention to it. But it, it can help you, the, all these things can help you to ask better questions and, and help you to investigate better. Once you seem to hit on something, keep following that train of thought, right? Um, yeah. yeah that's being the key word. I, I think the, the thought, I think uh, your belief in it is the next factor. You know, you're comfortable using the tool. Like, uh, oh. there was a time I, I was, you know, maybe a little snotty toward all the apps and but, well, you know, oh. random word generators, yeah. this and that. It, it's just random words. But I, I've seen them work. You know, I, I'm, I'm kind of yeah. now a believer in this. Right. I, I well, don't believe you. Yeah. Thinking of right hands, these things are great. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And the thing to me that proved that it worked wasn't just the app itself. We were getting responses on the app, and we were catching EVPs at the same time. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the one I like to throw out to people is, uh, which is kind of a classic response now. Um, we're investigating. Uh, no, it was at um, uh, the college in Boston. Oh, um, uh, Fisher College. Yeah, Fisher College in Boston, which is an old mansion, and uh, there's a husband and wife that built it and stuff like that. And uh, I had forgotten her name at the time, uh, but we're, there's. Two of us are talking in this li- the library area, and I, I say, yeah, well, you know, can you tell me your name? Through the device, it, it says Alice. I'm like, okay, oh, so that's your name. And then when I reviewed the audio later on, you hear the device, you know, hear me ask that question, you hear the device, hey, what's your name? The device says Alice. They say, oh, so that's your name. EVP of female voice, very nice, clear. Yes. She spoke. Not only did the mm-hmm. device say she confirmed it through an EVP that that was her. And the thing of it is, Alice Orman King was the wife of Henry King, who built the home. So you tell me. She say did, it, did she speak through that device and tell me her name and then confirm it with an EVP? Or is it all in my imagination? 
<laughs> I don't think anything's random, really. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, but, but it's, it's confirmation. Have, or, I should say coincidences don't necessarily exist. It's right. very hard to, right. to get coincidences when like that. Right, especially when there was no female in the room. So we get a female. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> and, I don't know what the um, that X factor is. I don't know if it can be explained with quantum physics. You know, I suspect the Institute of Noetic Science could say something about it. You know, yeah, I, sure. I think it has something to do with the power and tension, uh, you know, to mm-hmm. contact the spirit. But right. I, I think they do work. I've seen Echovox work, and people I respect yep. use an Echovox and get an amazing results. And yep. that is a random word generator. It draws from a bank of words. You know, um, yeah. But you went I, to consistently get responses to your questions with a random bank of words. What is that? Right. Right, exactly. They're, they're extremely relevant, and there's other is things. Is still just that... random, or is something communicating through it? And that's the other thing. I ex- when we excuse these, I'll explain to whoever might be there what this is and how they can they can uh, communicate to it. You know, um, I think it, the power lies somewhere between the person using it and and the spirit. You know, and it's having the belief and confidence in the device that you know it, it will work. I think it's right. part of it. You know, it's like I love my shack act, right? I, yeah, when I, use yeah, it, yeah. I, I get really good results with it. I've gotten some amazing things. But I think if I gave it to somebody else that didn't believe in it at all and just said that's just the radio scanning channels, they wouldn't get the same results. Um, I beg to differ with that a little bit because I've seen it happen. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> well, that might be really. It's what happened with the ghost radar. Or they didn't believe in it. Like, oh, this is no, this is like well, keep an open mind. You ask the question and see what happens. Absolutely, we keep an open mind. If, a, if there was right, a lesson right. learned from that, I think it is to keep an open mind. Right, just keep an open mind. And we were in a uh, uh, where was it? Uh, I forget. Anyway, so it had to do with the military, and they started asking this question, and what freaked the guy out because he he uh, well, was American Legion. So he's, he's asking questions and you're like, oh, who's, you know, who's here? Well, I didn't realize it, but a name came through and I kind of had a look at his face. He goes, well, all right, if that's you, then what was your rank and all this? And he looks, he looks at me after because we had a bunch of responses. This thing really works, doesn't it? I said, oh, no, tell me why, why. Everything he just said was accurate about that individual. That his, his rank at the time or when he was in the military was Star Sergeant. Mm-hmm. Okay. His name, I don't want to say it's Mike, I can't remember now, so it was a couple years ago, a few years ago. And then he was asking him about what he did there at the at the, the American Legion and he was getting responses that were accurate. So it's like he turned a non believer into a believer. You know, he goes, Where do I get download this app from? <laughs> <laughs> from saying all this junk and this garbage to where do I download this app from? You know? It's like uh, like showing non-believers in in ghosts on EVP or something, and then it just really there was no one else in the room. Like you know, there has to be a reason why that voice is there. That's right. Right. There is. But it's always to me, it's always more than evidence that's proof, or that's that indicates you're talking to a spirit. It's not just one thing; it's several things. You know, catch an EVP, have you know. Responses on the device. Uh, you maybe have a personal experience to get touched, or somebody else gets touched, or whatever. Or something. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. So you guys are on uh, Spirits of New England uh, together. And um, Ellen, I I was hoping you could tell us about the beginnings of of that team and how you guys got started, because I know you're a co-founder of that team. She is a founder. A founder. (laughs) (laughs) And tell us how it started and how uh, you got into this. Yeah, well, it was, uh, I was one of the gazillion people that got addicted to taps when they, you know, I'd always watched horror movies, always watched anything ghost related. And when taps came, came on, I said, that's what I want to do. This is what I want to, want to get into. And, I want to help people. When you have a situation and you have no one to talk to about it, to get advice or just to share experiences with, it's very frustrating. And TAPS made it okay to be fascinated by ghosts and to want to pursue, as they would say, what's out there? Why, why is this happening? What, what has happened to this person? Why, why is this person coming back? And, you know, at that time, everybody wanted to have a group. Everybody had to have a, um, investigation. And you don't know who to believe. You don't know what to do. You don't know how to start a team. And you don't realize at that time how hard it is. You know, anybody can say, okay, I got a flashlight. Let's go. No, that's, that's not what you do. You're, you've got a client that's trusting you and confiding in you and wants validation that you understand what they're seeing and hearing in their own home. And they don't believe what's happening. So that means that their neighbors aren't going to believe them, which means everybody's going to think they're crazy. So they're looking to us to say, hey, you know what? We did catch evidence here. We did find uh, validity with what you've told us. And we went to the TAPS boot camps. We went to Mount Washington. Um, I said, I trust these guys. And what is it, 10 years later? I still love Jason and Grant. I think they, they're just, you know, people can say, oh, I don't like this one. I don't like them. I don't believe in this. That's fine. That's, that's your issue. It's not mine. So don't make mm-hmm. me feel defensive because I respect them. Sure, and sure. If, and if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. Yep, absolutely. You know? They really uh, broke a lot of ground I, for sure. You know, and they brought I the idea of like in search of into real time yeah. for everyone. I mean, I, when we would go up to Mount Washington for their events, I would bombard them with, uh, questions. You know, like, what did they do to get an answer? What happened to them that they were able to have a similar situation and still be able to help the client? Yeah. So that's what we got to do. You know, it's funny because when when you talk to people at events, they're like, I have to ask you this. I'm like, okay, go ahead. (laughs) Why 
do you do this and you don't get paid? And I said, okay, let's look at the big picture here. I can either get paid and make up I'm sorry, make up, make up, make up stuff and just make a big drama scene about it. That's not what I want to do. I want to find out what's going on in your house. And I would rather get a hug from a client that is grateful and relieved and feels safe in their own home than I would to get a check. I don't want your money. I want your trust. I want your faith. You know, and it's that, personally redeeming that, to know yeah, what you're you know, doing is helping somebody and that you're I want, at least, at least yeah, yourself and the people around right, you and, and me and you know, that there is a, a life after death and you, you see yeah. yourself. You know, I want to be able to know, know that this person has control of their house back, has control of their life back, and knows that. They're not crazy. There's something in your house. You know, whether it's a relative that's trying to reach out, uh, uh, there's always a, it, it may not be the right answer, but there's always an answer. You know, and we go back to people's homes. We don't just say, okay, all right, we found out who it is. It was your aunt Edna. See ya. We keep in touch with them. We want to know that they're comfortable. We want to know if Edna's made a, Appearance again. Yeah, I mean, you know, we have a problem too. That's um, one thing I've noticed. Is, you know, we have a form we send out. It's like a twelve-page form that they fill out. We we didn't originally design it, but we modified it for our Jason Grant. You know, with a kind of contact form, um, and they shared it with anybody who went to to the event. So we took it and modified it. Um, but it collects a lot of information. And one of the, some of that information is medications and, and traumatic experiences that may have happened to them over their lifetime. Yeah. And you'd be surprised if people who really want your help, they tell you everything. They tell you things they haven't told their own family. Right? Sure. Yeah. 11 yeah. pages, that covers a lot. Yeah, no, it also don't. filters to people that aren't serious, for sure. You exactly. Know. Yeah, they won't fill it out. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. That is our one requirement. Yeah, people that really want you to come. They definitely want you to come yeah. if you're going to go through 11 pages. If they that's take, brilliant. If they you know, time, that's totally brilliant. If they take the time to fill out that form and they are inviting us into their home because they trust us. I've had people that have been like, I love your webpage because it's friendly. It's yes, not, it it's not screaming skulls and wolf heads and everything. It's like, why would I want to go to my house? I'm trying to get calm down. I'm you're dripping blood. Your eyes are popping out. What, why would I feel that you're going to help me in my own home? Yes. If you ever go to our site, thespiritsofnewengland.org, uh, it's a very professional site. It talks that way. That's because that's who we are. Professional organization, or ghost hunter, right, or paranormal investigator, whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, but it's you'll see it's a professional site, and the links are set up where you find stuff to get information. Even if you don't want to talk to us, there's information on there and other sites you can link to to get real information on like pretty much anything you want to know. We do or yes, talking to spirits, sleep or, paralysis, yeah, stuff like yeah. that. Any, any, sure. 
A lot of people talk about that. I hear younger people talk about that. My daughter talks about it. It's super nice. Yeah, yeah. I got a phone call from somebody that, you know, the the minute I started talking to him, I was like, okay, all right, this is going to be a very odd phone call. And this person was telling me that they had spirits and demons coming out of their glove compartment in their car. And I was yeah, like, literally, really? So I, I said, okay, well, I want you to fill out our form so we can get all our information so, you know, we can help you. And, well, I don't want to fill that out. And I said, well, then, you know, I'm sorry. We need to know as much as we possibly can before we come out so we can help you, you know. Well, one thing I notice about you guys is that you're you're like the most stable team ever, you know, where – Teams go through, you know, the D word drama and they're changing members and things are constantly in fluctuation. You guys are, are really solid. Yeah. Well, oh, we weren't always. <laughs> no, we, we've had, we've had <laughs> Oh, you went through a phase like that too? <laughs> we've, we've had members that, you know, d- it didn't work out and. Yeah. Go through growing pains. Yeah. 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 Really. It's a, it's like growing pains. And if you're not, not on the same page, and you not have the uh, direction and the same results that you want, um, it's not going to work out. And that's okay. Yeah, I mean, right. I, I came along after somebody else got tossed away. So <laughs> I'm not an original member. I'm a, I'm a follow-on member, actually. Yeah. Um, it's, they, it's true. Should we say they, they dapped me off the street? I'm yeah. I said, puppy they found <laughs> on the street. He, he was running along the side of the road, and I said, slow the car down. <laughs> are doing an event at uh, a Lizzie Borden house, right? Yes. Uh, um, you know, my sister's going to be on that. Uh, um, 
crazy. My current wife is trying to be out of there. Let's put it that way. <laughs> anyway. Um, she's going to line up. <laughs> yeah, you know, line up. Yeah, so she's, she's on there, and uh, my sister is also going to be on. Um, but it started this past Monday, and Richard S. Stepp is the guy whose book it's based on. Um, he wrote a book about haunted hospitals, and, and what this show is really about is current in, in, uh, uh, you know, they're not closed down. They're, they're currently existing working hospitals that people are, that staff members are experiencing things. So it was kind of tough for them to get people because these people don't want to talk because they're afraid they'll get fired. So, but, right, right. It's a, it's a sticky situation in a way. It's like uh, nursing yeah. homes would be wonderful to investigate, but nobody wants an, a paranormal team coming in a nursing home, right? Oh, God, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. God, no. And people have but a hospital, you might have a little bit more leeway with anyways. Yeah, no, you really don't. Richard and I are going to be at at, uh, Mass Paracon in September. We're going to have a Haunted Case Files panel. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm uh, I'm branching out on my own that night. Yeah, big girl. Ellen's been on Haunted Case case Files this year with me. Uh, We're also together, uh, along with Sarah, on... uh, uh, the, new, the new season of A Haunting. Uh, season awesome. that supposed to be coming out in June, I think. I uh, think it's okay. going to June, June, right. July. Um, that's also going to be on Travel Channel now. Pretty much everything's moving up to Travel Channel. And then I just also, uh, Carly went with me, had to go up to the back the film uh, for a new show. I'm not sure if it's when it's going to get down here to the States, uh, but it's called My Worst Nightmare. And I would say this. Interviewing as a parallel quote expert for that one was my worst nightmare. Uh, it was this eight hour straight interview. Oh. Um, yeah, usually these things are two to four hours. It was eight hours straight, nonstop questioning about paranormal, how the paranormal related to these people's nightmares and dreams. And, uh, and each story is, you know, each story is similar. The questions are very much the same. And it's, you've got to rethink how to answer that question again in a different way that relates to that story. It was cool. interesting. Does it, that it tie was, into like uh, lucid dreaming and astral projection at all? Yes, 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 it did. Yeah, it actually did. And uh, it was a grueling interview. As a matter of fact, um, Michelle de Roche, you, know, you might know who she is. She's also a paranormal survivor on a case file. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And her and I are doing a lot together ourselves. We've even got our own blog talk show now uh, called The Outer Realm. Um, uh, she interviewed for it. She threw me in the bag because they were looking for another investigator because they already had gone through three interviews with three supposed expert paranormal people. We, we, you know, we don't like that term anymore. Right? So, um, but they couldn't use any of them because the people couldn't keep up with them. Right. So it was very difficult. One guy, uh, they only got through five cases, 30 cases we had to go through. I don't know how many questions per case, about 200 questions or 200 questions in all. Okay. And the first guy got through five cases in five hours. And they just stopped it after that. Um, the other two people, the other two people, the one woman really didn't have a lot of answers. Uh, she didn't 
know whether she was trying to give more psychological answers than paranormal related answers. And the other guy they had, he got so frustrated by the end, he yelled and, and got angry at the, at the yeah, producer. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're like, we don't have a show right now. We got nobody to interview. <laughs> it can get through it. And it was, I, I tell you this, it was grueling. And we, we kind of laughed through, through some of it because I had to joke around with just to get through it. And in the end, he goes, okay, Jack, I got one last thing. He goes, I just want your overall thought on everything we just, you know, all these these dreams, you know, and, and just dreams of the paranormal in general. I said, are you kidding? My freaking mind is mushed right now. I said, I can't, can't think of another thing. And then I went on to give him about another five, ten minute dissertation. So, <laughs> you know, he's like, it's awesome, you know. So we pulled it out, but it was it was fun, it was interesting, and it was grueling. It was actually grueling. But that's that I think is going to be a really good show uh, in the end, um, and that will come out later. Uh, they're also already filming Haunted Hospitals too. Uh, I'll be I'm getting called back to that to interview again uh, for the cases. Uh, don't know when yet. It's probably going to be a couple weeks. They said beautiful. Beautiful. Do you have any um, new books out you want to talk about? Uh, <clears throat> on the hospitals. On the case files, we'll film again too. Yeah, season. Three. Yeah, yeah. I love Haunted case files. By the way, I'll, yeah, and we'll be doing that again. You actually might see me and yeah, you actually might see me and Michelle DeRochet together for a few days. Uh, awesome. We're gonna put stuff together, and you probably see me and Alan on there again too. So yeah. Right. So, um, but uh, I'm working on a third book, uh, slowly getting there. I've got my newest book out is uh, Paranormal Research, a Comprehensive Guide to Building a Strong Team, which covers a lot of stuff, uh, even how to talk to spirits, how I, you know, our team approaches that uh, with respect and, and how to instigate without being mean about it by just using information you've been given. Um, and that's sometimes it is... Like, again, I'll go back to Fisher College where we told, oh, uh, Mrs. King, she was a mean woman. Nobody liked her, you know. She were, they were from New York. So I used that. And I said, well, Mrs. King, hey, I heard you're a mean woman. Nobody liked you. And I said, is that true? And me and the guy who were in the library at the time heard this woman scream. It was a woman screaming loud. Where I thought it was like one of the other, like Ellen and maybe a couple girls that with her at college. You know. I get blamed for her out. So I go out, and it's not them, because they were down a stairway from us, and it wasn't them. It wasn't our other two investigators on the third floor, because it was too far up. Uh, but when I listen back to the recorder, it's not a scream. It's a woman's voice saying, they liked me. And when I did the research on it, Mrs. King, Alice Herman King, was well-liked, with, and so was her husband. Within the Turns out they weren't from New York. They were both from Boston area. Uh, they grew up there. He graduated from Harvard College. Um, she was a member of the uh, uh, Daughters of the Revolution because her great, 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 whatever, uh, grandfather was a surgeon uh, for the American Army at the Battle of Bunker Hill. Yep. Uh, I, I yeah. I have a relative. Uh, that's one of those. Yeah. Ones. So she said to the records, great. Cool. <laughs> yes, you gave yeah. them information. That yeah, they did. Yes, yes, yes. We kind of set the record straight. We gave all that information to the college, so uh, um, you know, they passed that all. Um, but yeah, it, it, yeah, it's just interesting stuff that we do out there. We have fun with it. And, uh, yeah, well, that's a good time. 
and, that's and awesome. you know, these shows and that's that that story is I think I have that story in the book, but that's regarding the book. I mean, it, it covers a lot of stuff. It covers that. It covers equipment. It covers pretty much everything. So it's paranormal research. You can find all my stuff on Amazon.com. Uh, just type in Jack Ken on the search and the books will come up. Uh, also, I have Pointing Ghosts and Demons out there. That's another book. Uh, and I have a graphic novel out there as well called Spirits of Forgotten Souls and Faith Paths. So um, check them out. You know, they're out there. There's, so there's more coming. Huh? What is your new book about? I can't say yet. <laughs> I don't want to say yes. The secret no- notebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, Ellen is in the book, so <laughs> there's some things going on. Well, that's awesome. Uh, and I just thank don't you want so to much for because somebody else might like, oh, I could write that book too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm keeping it a little bit under wraps. Yeah, in a few more months, I'll probably about three, three more months, I'll be able to start telling people, um, and we'll get it out hmm. there. I think people are going to find it very unique. Because uh, it's more about certain people in the paranormal. What if investigators go bad? What if investigators go bad? Don't ask that one. But it's about certain certain individuals and certain uh, how it affected the paranormal has affected their lives, things like that. So it's a little bit different perspective on it. So uh, that's interesting. Yeah, I think people might find it very and it, different. And they're true stories. They're all true stories. Of people. So. Together and some separate, and just go to spiritsofengland.org and check all those out. I also have my own website now called jackkenna.org, and you can go there and see what I just personally got going on with TV shows and stuff like that. But we keep updating both websites, so everything's there. You can get to it. Um, but if people are looking to book me for something, go to my webpage, jackkenna.org, check what my schedule is, and see if I'm available. So. Excellent. Excellent. I, I have been to uh, the spiritsofnewengland.org page and, and saw the hello EVP that's on the front page. Oh, oh yeah. I had a little trouble with it the other day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got a little confused with our messaging, so I apologize about that. Yeah, my, my name, yeah, no problem. <laughs> my name gets called out a lot with EVPs and stuff like that one was Hello Jack. Oh and that God. was at the Dean Winthrop House. That was very, one of our first investigations. Yeah, yeah and it was it was the very first. It was the only EVP, the only thing we got that that kind of night, uh, that first night we investigated. It. it was a British woman, and she, it, we're we're all talking down the basement, and we played that back, and you hear, "Hello, Jack." Yeah, and we it's like really. Yeah, we were actually <laughs> up. We were just picking up. What do you think when you um when you get your name called in an EVP? Because uh, this just recently happened to somebody who's real close to me. Uh, doing uh, sort of an investigation for her, and she's called out three times in about twenty minutes. <laughs> it's a little disconcerting in a way. So <laughs> that's the first time I've actually seen that that many times. <laughs> Didn't you say I got an EVP and my name was in an EVP? Yeah. Yeah, yours was in one too. Yeah, yeah. Very late, Ellen. Oh, not her again. <laughs> yeah. I get my name all the time. I even had, I even had it with because uh, I'd run into some more 
really negative cases where my given name has been said, uh, either on EDP or device. And then, I've actually heard you talk about that. That's yeah, kind of why I brought, yeah, brought it up. Happened. Yeah, because I don't, I don't talk, I don't use my, everybody knows it's Jack, right? But, uh, my given name is John. And, uh, that came through, uh, many times. People who investigate for it don't know. They don't know. They know me as Jack. They don't know my And and when that comes through, I know I'm dealing with something else because they know my name without it ever being said. You know, they know who you are without you know? being your common name. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They know my given name. Yeah. Yeah. So you know you're dealing with something else when you're that type of stuff. Starts being a, a common name, maybe that's more acceptable. The spirit could be around, would hear you say it, you know, hear other people say it, I should well, say. But it's my full name, first and last name. And, right. And usually that, yeah, yeah, usually that indicates that something negative is around. And, uh, and these are darker cases, too. And so that happened. I also had my son's name. I had my name, and then I had my son's name come through, and it didn't dawn on me right away. And, uh, I'm like, who in the family is this name? And I'm like, because it was Josh. It's Josh, Joshua, Josh, Joshua. And then it dawned on me. I said, is that a threat? Yes. Immediately after I said it. Like, hmm, well, okay. that's kind of telling, right? <laughs> yeah. So that's definitely that telling. Yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is that a threat? Yes. And it, it literally came through and it was a deep, growling wow. That's spooky. I mean, that, that would raise the hairs on my arm and. Well, yeah, yeah kind of did, but, you know, I gotta hear. yeah, well, we keep going because it's like, you have to have faith. I mean, one of the things I always write for people, like people ask for autographs, but my name is, a, you know, uh, to whoever, faith is strength, Jack Kenna. And I believe that faith is, this is a spiritual realm right, that we're talking about. And we're talking about people's, if you believe in spirits, go, we're talking about people's souls, right? We're talking about an afterlife. And it's a spiritual realm. So you have to have faith. You have to have belief that you're going to really work in this realm to have any kind of protection at all. Spiritual protection, right? So, <clears throat> I mean, that's what I push when I, part of what I talk about when I talk about it at lectures is believe in something. And I'm not touting my own religion. I'm saying believe in something. I don't care what it is, as long as it's positive that you can ground yourself with when you're working. Because you're going to want something to help protect you. Because if you don't, you don't know what's going to attach itself to you. You know? Um, right. And I know we're a little over time, but if, oh, if you we're willing to talk about I'll it. I'll kind of leave you with that because that's kind of the most, to me, that's one of the most important things if you're going to work in this field is to make sure you're grounded in something positive to protect yourself spiritually. I'll leave you with that. Uh, All right. Yeah, fair enough. I was attachments, <laughs> but I know you guys need to investigate and uh, yes, you we do. We gotta get plans to and I don't want to keep you, but I yeah. so appreciate you coming on here. It was nice and, to uh, talk to you. Here. Yeah, it was really nice to talk to you, Ellen. And uh, of course you do Jack and um, yeah. I really appreciate this. Oh, anytime. Anytime. We'll come back again. Right. Sounds great. You guys have a great night. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. You too. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Take care. 
Wow, that was just a great interview. I uh, really enjoyed that hour with them, with uh, Jack and Ellen. Uh, you can find out more about what they're up to and uh, see one heckin' cool website at spiritsofnewengland.org, O-R-G. Uh, they've got an EVP on the front page. There's case notes, um, probably like three different cases, I believe. Uh, very interesting stuff, very thorough and uh, informative website, spiritsofnewengland.org. Uh, see what Jack and Ellen are up to. Um, I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, we had a few technical difficulties. I apologize. That's the nature of Skype and the interwebs. Uh, they were on location at the uh, Lookout House. You know, as you know, if you listen to that. So, uh, you, you know, all things considered, I, I think we pulled that together really, really well. Um, we covered a lot of ground. Um, I love talking about uh, instigating um versus say provocation uh jack talked about um from his uh current book um i am not a provoker i do not um approve of provoking uh the things you see on tv are just either simply not real when you see it or it's some uh, exaggerated situation where you know uh the team is facing a you know demon that's throwing bricks at them in a trolley or something and it's trying to kill them so maybe the provocation in that instance would be okay but um that's not the same thing as the kind of investigations that uh, most of us are going on um if you are contacting spirit at all it is probably a spirit uh, you know maybe related to the family or does not have ill intent, you know, <laughs> there's no reason to think that, uh, you know, ghosts, uh, are evil. Um, they aren't. And there's more of them math tells us than there are of us. Certainly a whole lot more people have died than are alive on this planet right now. So respect them, respect them. It could be your, your long lost aunt or something, your grandmother you're talking to. So you don't really want to be provoking, um, instigating, this is uh, a more of an interesting uh, take on it, a way of getting maybe more information to find out what, um, you know, should you believe that there actually is some sort of haunting occurring, why they're there, what's the message, that kind of thing. You know, uh, I think that's great, but uh, provoking, not so much. Um, all right, and rant. Uh, <laughs> we, we talked about tools, and that, that was very interesting, and the apps, and uh, Jack is fond of Ghost Radar. Um, and as I had mentioned, he's taken some flack for that. I noticed, uh, some other interviews that he's done. Um, there's no reason for that. There is something for these apps. Uh, there is something to them working and I've seen, uh, evidence of it. Um, I think anything can work. Divining rods work. Ouija boards work. And what is that? It's a cardboard. It's a planchette. It's a piece of plastic. Uh, you know, it's not truly a portal to hell. So, you know, anything can be a tool, you know, um, you can turn anything into a tool. You can get uh, results from a flashlight, you know, EMF meters were not designed to be quote unquote ghost detectors, right? But we all use EMF meters. So why should be, why should we be down on, you know, an app? Um, I'd say in the last year, I, I've really, you know, uh, turned around on this and the, the reason why... I I think I just wasn't buying into them was because of uh, just the way my mind works and logic. 
you know, logically, the idea of a random word generator, just like, how, you know, how is the ghost going to go in there? The spirit's going to talk through it. It's complicated. It's a computer program. Uh, these kind of things would go through my head, and it logically didn't make sense to me. So I never really got good results with them. Um, that's kind of what I, why I was saying what I did. Um, I do think belief in the tool, uh, confidence in it, uh, a knowledge that it can actually work, you know, um, goes a long way, uh, which is not to say, like Jack pointed out, that, you know, you couldn't hand your phone to somebody with ghost radar on it and have it work. Uh, of course you could. I, I think the tools, though, I, my point would be that they would work more consistently with a person that's um, maybe more comfortable with them. Um, I have, in the end, it's up to spirit, right? If they want to talk to you, communicate to you through whatever tools you're using. But those tools could be anything. It could be a pendulum. I mean, it could be flipping coins. Um, there's a lot of options there. Uh, I, you do want to put the app, or I should say your cell phone or your tablet, into airplane mode. That's a great point. Um, I do know that some of the apps do track your location. They use the GPS, and uh, that opens up the idea that they could throw relevant words if they're, say, a random word generator to you. Uh, for instance, if you were at uh, Lizzie Borden House in Fall River, Massachusetts, you may start getting um, not-so-random phrases like, you know, get the axe, 40 wax, things like that, right? You want to eliminate that possibility, keep it in airplane mode. That way the app can't track you, doesn't know where you are, um, and hopefully your communications are actually more genuine coming from spirit. So, yeah, I have, uh, I've changed my mind on this. I, I've seen too many good results with things like Echovox and um, Tim Weisberg uh, has posted some great stuff about Echovox, and uh, I messed around with it myself uh, recently, and um, I, I found that it was starting to get some results. So, uh, it's not necessarily my favorite tool but i like it i can respect it i can um, believe in some of the data collected from the apps so there you have it uh certainly you have uh legitimate um investigators using it like uh, jack Kenna, you know so <laughs> it doesn't get more legit than that you know give it a shot see if it works for you guys it's uh, short money uh just certainly something you can try right um yeah, we covered a lot of stuff. The uh, lookout um, uh, looks amazing. The lookout house itself. Uh, you can find out more information on that on Facebook. Uh, you can reach out to uh, Pam and Steve Barry directly through um, it's facebook.com slash haunted Victorian as in Victorian house uh, is I think the best place. Um, they also have a website at a good I think it's GettysburgGhostExchange.com. Uh, there may be a store there where you can buy some paranormal gear and uh, find out about the lookout. Um, really good stuff. I know on the Facebook page, there's a nice big picture of it, and it, it looks really cool. So I'm kind of psyched. I'm going to uh, talk to them and uh, try to stay there this year, um, maybe a little later in the spring. Anyhow, uh, I've also got a book review for you. Dun, dun, dun. And I am reviewing Paul Stanley's book, um, Face the Music, A Life Exposed, the autobiography of Paul Stanley. 
legendary guitar player and vocalist for the rock band Kiss. Okay, this was a great book. I gotta tell you, I enjoyed the hell out of this. Um, I am not a huge Kiss fan. Uh, not anymore. Uh, I was when I was like a little, little kid. And uh, nothing against current older Kiss fans, but that's when I was into them. It was the 1970s. They were kind of in their heyday, and I used to draw their faces on my homework. I remember getting in trouble for this and doing it again and getting in more trouble for this. I had a little rock and roll spirit even there in like first grade because I think I was into them from like first to like fourth grade, something like that. Um, had all the records Kiss Alive, Detroit, Rock City, and, you know, um, Dressed to Kill, uh, I, all the great records. Uh, loved the band then but um they really kind of been off my radar up until very recently they're doing a farewell tour uh they call it the end of the road tour and um you know i've seen some clips from it it looks like an amazing show and i was reminiscing a little bit you know it's kind of like man i I should go see kiss you know at least see them once because i've never seen them and uh they were on my mind a little bit you know kind of brought them back onto my radar and I came across this book, right? So the book itself, it's like having this kind of, it feels like an honest heart to heart conversation with this guy, Paul Stanley, just telling you everything about himself from the time he was like a a little kid up until his, you know, current times or whatever the publication of the book is. And he's more of a family man now. And uh, he's into his kids, which I can relate to. In fact, there were a lot of things in the book I could relate to. It was, um, very very cool very cool and again it felt honest right and uh, i know he has a ghostwriter or collaborator on there with him of course they these guys always do but um the feel of the book is genuine you know and he pulls no punches i mean he racks on um peter chris in particular ace freely um they had all kinds of drug and alcohol problems and rock and roll ego problems and they were very difficult to work with um it goes into all that with a lot of examples and that kind of interesting backstory he talks about Eric Carr and you know Eric uh, had died of cancer and you know I would have thought he would have just said all this great stuff about Eric and probably nothing else right but no he kind of points out that he was sort of a weird guy and some of the problems they had with him too and uh, adjusting to being in a band like like Kiss uh again it, you know it felt honest, right? And uh, what I found even most surprising, more surprising, I should say, is how much he beats up on Gene Simmons, right? Who he still works with and is the other, you know, founding member of KISS that are still out there and uh, doing it all these years later, 45 plus years later, whatever it is. Um, yeah, he uh, pulls no punches and he's hard on Gene and Gene's ego and calls gene out you know where he thought he was uh you know full of crap and um it's really interesting another interesting bit is uh paul stanley was born deaf in one ear he's got a deformed ear i i didn't know this right and he couldn't wait to grow long hair to cover the thing but how hard would it be to be a professional uh, musician and the caliber like um the success of a band like kiss like how hard would it be to attain that when you're deaf in one ear right um amazing you know just amazing and uh he talks about being the phantom and phantom of the opera and a production and um 
the revelations there and it's a lot of self-discovery through his life about you know wants versus needs and all kinds of detail uh it goes into bill of coin who was like the fifth member of kiss he was their manager for years and years and uh really pushed them and uh some brilliant directions you know at least initially um very interesting book uh i couldn't put it down loved it and uh best of all i read it for free so here's the deal uh if you have a prime account you you know just a standard prime account two day shipping i'm not talking about the kindle unlimited account which costs additional money just a straight up prime account you have this book available to you um, i didn't realize it um until very recently when i found this that there's actually a small library of books that are available to prime members um and they're good books there's a lot of great stuff in there i've uh, had no trouble picking out some things to read including this um dig down into your amazon membership and you can find that uh, look for prime reading and uh, that'll give you access to the books that uh, you can you know virtually check out and put in your account you can uh, read them on your kindle if you have a kindle uh, you can install the kindle app on your computer your phone tablet it's free and read these books so uh, great book um hope you enjoy it and if, if you uh you know i'm not like a hardcore kiss fan i i think you'll still like this book i i loved it if you are a hardcore kiss fan you've probably already read it right so there you have it paul stanley face the music a life exposed So I'm sitting here with Kristen. Hi. Hey, Kristen. So um, we recently did a uh, EVP and spirit box session at your house because um, it seemed like you were getting a lot of activity. Now, I know your house has always had seemingly a little bit of activity in it, but in the last few months, it seems like it's it's grown some, right? Yes. What kind of things have been happening? Well, we used we used to hear um, footsteps. Going up and down the stairs, um, and nobody being there. But recently, it's it's been a lot more, a lot mm-hmm. more that happening. Um, the lights are constantly going on and off now. They never did that before. Um, I <laughs> I have this clock, and it has a pendulum on it, and I it needs a battery to put in in order for the pendulum to swing. And one night I was sitting there, and it was about three minutes of midnight, and the pendulum just started to go back and forth on its own, and there was no battery in the clock. And that's a little weird, for sure. Yes, yeah. and I left it, and it went for about two weeks. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So you've had uh, more bangs and knocks and... Yes, they're... Footsteps in the stairway coming up to the... 
the front door. They're knocking uh, on walls. The clock started working on its own without a battery, and uh, it was something about the refrigerator too, right? Right. I was. It was like the next day after the clock, I was sitting there, and it was at nighttime, and everybody was sleeping, and I can see the refrigerator from where I am in the living room, and the refrigerator door just came flying open. Um, and there was no explanation for that. And that's when I decided to have you come over and, and just for the, you know, increasingly activity, that was kind of scary. That was kind of the, yes, the yeah, straw the that straw. broke the, yeah. the paranormal camel's back. So <laughs> I came over, we did do a, a session and we, we didn't spend a lot of time. We just did a, a 20 minute EVP and spirit box session. Um, and I may link um, that full session to our listeners um, eventually when we get this up and run them with a web page. I'm not sure I'm going to do it. It might be on Facebook or YouTube or something, but um, I'll point that out at another time. You'll be able to find it. Uh, regardless, um, this interview, uh, we're going to interject some of these EVPs so that they're in here for our listeners. Awesome. Now, um, within uh, seconds, really, of uh, starting this session, um, we actually got our first DVP. And uh, you were asking me about the lights, and these happen to be the same lights that often flicker, right? Which is like a row of track lighting. Yes. With like four or five lights. And There's three lights. Is it three lights? It's three lights because when they do put it on, the spirits, the ghosts, whatever, they only put on two. Right. Instead of the middle three. The other one won't light up. No, no. But it does work. And, you know, it would be mm-hmm. easy enough to debunk. This is like, well, it's poor electricity, a bulb's loose, something sure. like that. But no. anyways, the point we were trying to make, though, was that uh, you were asking me if you should turn them off, you yes. know, for the, um, I don't know, atmosphere or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then right there at the front of the tape within seconds, you hear what sounds like, Chris, just wait. Mm-hmm. You hear a voice. So I'll put that EVP here. The light? No, it's okay. We can leave it on. We're going to pick up a lot of that. So um, so our listeners could hear it, and uh, hopefully they have now. <laughs> and it has that kind of whispery um, voice that I hear in a lot of the EVPs that I've captured and other people do. But um, it's distinct, and you can hear us both talking, yet there's this other voice that says, you know, Chris, just wait. The light? No, it's okay. We can leave it on. We're going to pick up a lot of that. So we'll get to that. Um, Then we have a clear EVP of it saying, Hey, Kristen. Mm -hmm. And you got to hear your name back, which I I know is a little unsettling. It it is, yes. (laughs) Now, at the time, we didn't hear that. We didn't hear that part of it until we played it back. Could you please answer my three questions I've been asking you? Could you please answer my three questions I've been asking you? Now, when we started getting real-time responses, is when we turned the spirit box on, and then you actually hear your name. Yes. You hear me, Kristen, and uh, I'll play that bit for everyone now. Oh, I can't wait to play it back. And there's actually a little bit more to that. You know, we thought it just said, 
Kirsten, but if we listen close, the music um, and other things that are going on on the radio seem to say, help me, twice after that. So the full sentence is really like, Kristen, help me. Help me, please. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to play it back. Sounded like Kristen. Oh, I can't wait to play it back. Sounded like Kristen. And then a little after that, we hear a little bit of noise, and then we hear a voice that sounds to me like an old woman's voice saying, it's funny. And there's a little story to that, right? Because yes. prior to doing the um, investigation, you were telling me about all this activity, and I actually suggested that maybe you talk back to the spirit in your house. Sure. You were pretty confident that there was something there, and I said, well, Chris, why don't you talk to it, you know, say hello, you know, treat it like a, a family member. And I did. And just have conversations, as nuts as that may seem. But uh, I think one of the things you were saying was, uh, it's funny, right? The day before, yes, that we did the um, investigation, um, I was making a joke. And I was, yes, by myself. And I was talking to them. And I, I made a joke. And I laughed. And I said, it's funny. Laugh. And it came back where they said on the EVP, it's funny. Or in the spirit box. Yep. Yes. It sounds in the spirit, spirit box. box. And it does sound to be, to me, it sounds very much outside the radio. Like it doesn't sound like one of the channels. And it's, uh, you know, I played it over and over. It sounds like this kind of, there's no woman's voice saying it's funny now. Some of the people that maybe are on the actual, you know, maybe doing this activity, we thought might be your father, who, you know, I'm sorry, had passed away some years ago. Thank you, yes. And in that same room that we did the recording, I know you have a lot of pictures of him, sort of a shrine or what I call a hereditary <laughs> altar, um, which I'm a fan of. Um, Thank you. You know, Good. and I think it helps people keep in contact with their, their loved ones when they're passed on. Um and, and that's in there. And one of the things uh, that we, we asked, or I asked uh, if there were members of your family here, and the spirit box came back right away and said, Thomas. What members of Kristen's family are here? Oh, my God. And that yep. was his name, right, and that Thomas? Was, that's my dad's name, yes. So we, we think Thomas may be part of it. And What members of Kristen's family are here? Oh, my God. Possibly even an aunt of yours, too? Yes, my aunt. And is that Hazel? Yes. Now, I'm wondering if Hazel is the one that says it's funny, because that, to me, sounds like a little older woman's voice. And it sounds like something she would say as well. She's, you know, great personality. And um, I I think, myself, when I'm listening back to these over and over again, she has also said a couple of other things. I can hear the same voice. So I'm wondering if it is my Aunt Hazel. Does it sound a little like her voice? It does. It sounds a lot like her. That's interesting. Now, when we first did the recording, I mean, it's been a few weeks and you've gotten to settle down. I know you were pretty um, shaken up by the whole thing because uh, you're not a big fan of the paranormal. No, I'm not. And why is that? 
because in my childhood, um, we lived in another older house that was built in 1765. Um, and a fortune teller and a witch, witch owned this house. So my, I remember my mom saying when I was really little um, that this house was haunted and it had activity in it and stuff. And I never really thought of it that way. You know, I just blocked that out. But um, when I was about five years old, my mom had company over and she called my name. I was upstairs in my bedroom and I remember heading towards the stairs and I said, yes, mom. And all of a sudden something from behind me, like two really, really, you know, big hands just heaved me, just pushed me. And I ended up going down the stairs. That sounds pretty traumatizing. It, it was very traumatizing. And ever since then, um, when I can feel like, you know, presence, you know, around me or anything, I don't want to engage with it, anything to do with it, because I'm just so traumatized, like you said. Right, right. And as long as I've known you, and I've known you quite a while, you've never been a big fan of this paranormal stuff that, of course, is <laughs> my interest. So it's kind of that opposites attract type thing. Because <laughs> <laughs> right. You can tolerate my presence, but uh, you never really... We're into the paranormal stuff. Not at all. Not until the activity that was, it's been increasing at my house now. Right, right. We always felt there was something there, but it did seem like in the last few months it's increased for whatever reason. So we don't really know what that reason is yet. I'm wondering if it, now that if it has to do with, they want me to help them. Kristen, Kristen, please help. What freaked me out the most was, the ones that were whispered right into the recorder. Everything else is going on, the jack hack and us speaking, but there's so many of them that are whispered right into the recorder. That's why I got really kind of taken back and shaken up. Right. Like you said, it's all fun and games till they they talk back. So, <laughs> right. yes. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I know that, um, that because the activity was disconcerting to you, I had suggested maybe to stop talking to them. Yes. And we'd just stop giving them attention and more or less starve them out, if you will. Uh, how has that worked out? It, it's not working out well at all. Um, there's more knocks on the walls and there's, the lights are still going on and off, but more frequently now. and More flickering. Yes, yeah. yes. And um, I've decided after I spoke with you that I'm sorry, but I just have to talk to him again because, you know. So I started talking to him a couple of days ago. Let's see how that works out. All right, great. And now you've got a, a digital recorder. You're going to do some more recording on yes, your own. Yes, thank you for letting me borrow that. And uh, we'll see. I think there'll be a part two to this. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you for joining me tonight. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You're welcome. And with that, I'm going to conclude this episode of the Dark Horse Paranormal Podcast. My name is Chris Carr. I'd like to thank my guests tonight, Jack, Ellen, and Kristen. You can find Jack and Ellen at spiritsofnewengland.org. Jack is also at jackkenna.org. You can search me out on social media, Dark Horse Paranormal Podcast. My YouTube channel's up. In fact, I just put a video out there last week of my Melmeter, which has a REM pod attachment, acting really 
in a bizarre fashion after doing a session here at my residence. And uh, that may be the theme of next week, the perils of investigating your own residence. I mentioned Tim Weisberg earlier. You can find Tim at SpookySouthCoast.com. And you can find his radio show on AM 1420. Awesome show. Great bunch of guys working there. You can email me at dhparanormal at gmail.com. you have something you'd like me to review and just want to reach out to me, dhparanormal at gmail.com. Most of all, I'd like to thank you for listening and making this possible. Please like and subscribe wherever you might be listening to this, whether it's YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, whatever. Give it a thumbs up. I appreciate it. Stay safe, folks. We'll see you in about two weeks.